1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today, Jero and Matt and I are going to be talking about some of the mountain bikes that we're reviewing this summer and some of the ones that we have coming up. So uh, let's start with some of the long-term tests that we've wrapped up recently. Matt, uh, one of the ones – I think it's probably the most recent that we've published was the Salsa Spearfish, which is – it's a cross-country bike, but – leaning a little bit toward the trail end of the spectrum. Tell us what you thought about that bike.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, if you were to place into a category, yeah, it'd be cross-country, because it's like 100 millimeters rear and 120 millimeter fork. But it's probably like a cross-country bike for people who really don't care that much about being serious about Mm cross-country. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a salsa, and they're not like, you know they're not a big competitive company or anything like that, and Always lean more towards the adventurous side of riding, and I yeah I had a blast with it. It was probably one of my favorite review bikes I've had uh, in a long time, just because it's so much fun to ride.
1: Yeah, what what makes it sort of different from other bikes, or like what are some of the standout features?
2: I'd say like I mean it was just a lot of fun. Like when I, I think this is just how bikes have changed over past few years but I don't know when I was getting into mountain biking like the last thing you would have seen me on is a hundred millimeter 29er like those things are freaking dorky I'm not touching them like they don't look fun at all they look like bikes for you know people who want to wear spandex all the time and like just crush their climbing times and like to me the salsa kind of opened up this other side of short travel 29ers to where it's like it's a bike that's really really fun to climb on the suspension is great on it like it's got good anti-squat really really firm suspension very capable at climbing and then they've relaxed the geometry enough and kind of redesigned the suspension so much that when you point it downhill mostly on flow trails like it's not something i'd really want to rip a lot of rocky trails on but if you take it on flow trails it's just an absolute blast like It's fun to jump on. It corners like incredibly. Yeah. It makes you feel like a a hero when you're cornering on it. And it's just, yeah, really poppy and playful, fun to whip up in the air and just a yeah, like it changed what short travel 29ers kind of mean for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it too. So you've got a, a pretty big open area in the front triangle, so you can fit like two size water bottles and then you've got mounts I think there's a mount on the down tube also underneath and then a mount on the top tube. So like in typical salsa fashion, you can just strap up or mount anything on the bike and sort of go anywhere with it. Not really something I got to dive into. but it's definitely there. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, like I said, not something I would want to like throw into because I, I rode it a couple of times at Apex, kind of my backyard trail and that's really square edge, rocky. You know, and they they've got a thirty two millimeter stanchion uh rock shock sit on the front. So yeah, it's not like the stiffest thing for like charging through rock gardens or anything like that. Like it'll do it. It's just not gonna be the most fun. But everywhere else, like flow trails and jump trails and yeah, it's just an absolute ripper.
1: Yeah, so the spearfish sounds like a really cool bike and kinda of blurs that line. I mean yeah, like you said, it's not a definitely not a race bike, but it's not to the level of like what people consider to be a trail bike these days. So speaking of trail bikes, though, I recently got a chance to ride the Yeti SB130. Spent a couple of days riding it in Bellingham, Washington, which is a really awesome destination, by the way. If you haven't visited that area or or even heard about it, it's, it's really awesome. And I'm working on a story about the trails there that should be out soon. But the trails there are just really... Different from what I'm used to riding. A lot of like steeper stuff. It's all really well built so that you can, you know, even if you've never ridden a trail there before, like chances are the, the berms and the jumps and everything is going to be set up to just like flow really well. And so it was just an awesome place to, to test a bike like the SB 130. If you're not familiar with the bike, it's a 29er and it's got 130 millimeters of travel in the rear and 150 up front, which I guess, Matt, the salsa you tested, has got the same sort of differential uh, between front and rear travel, which I think maybe we're starting to see more of that, but it it tends to work out pretty well to have your suspension. I don't want to say mismatched, but yeah, just not the same suspension in the front and the rear. It, It tends to work really well. So this bike, it's got a really slack head tube angle. You know, the this bike was replacing the Yeti SB 4.5, I believe, which offered a similar amount of travel. But this new SB 130 is actually two degrees more slack. And it's got a much steeper c tube angle as well, three degrees steeper. So they changed the geometry up a good bit, which is interesting. I mean, that's what we're seeing with all bikes, right? They're getting longer lower and slacker. This one definitely checks two out of three of those boxes. And in a lot of ways they're they're going pretty extreme. I mean we've looked at sort of charted over time like these measurements on, on different 29er trail bikes and and Yeti is definitely back out in front with these this geometry and these specs on the SB 130. Uh, the bike that I tested was basically it's not it wasn't is a really custom build. And it would be sort of toward the top of the line. You know, it had the best Fox suspension on it. And the mine was set up with the brand new XT group set. So XT brakes, uh, the XT 12 speed drivetrain, even the XT trail pedals, all of that was new stuff. And, and the group worked out great. Yeah. I don't, can't say enough good things about that. I posted, a a couple of reviews actually of the new XT group set on the website. So you can go on there and, and read those, but but yeah, the bike itself was super lightweight because it is that top of the line build well under 30 pounds. And this, I think this was my first time riding the switch infinity platform, which is what Yeti calls their setup. And yeah, I mean, I found it, it offers a really efficient pedaling platform. Some of the trails we were riding had like super steep climbs. I mean, some of the steepest climbs I've probably ever done and, and stayed on the bike. And yeah, it, it works really well. Not a lot of pedal bob or anything like that. And the XT group definitely deserves a lot of credit there as well. The, the gearing ended up being really good for that kind of thing. Perhaps the biggest limitation was just how slack the front end of the bike is, you know, felt, did feel a little wandry. And even with that really steep, seat tube angle at, you know, on some of these climbs, I just couldn't get far enough forward on the saddle. Um, but again, that was, that was probably an extreme case. Um, the suspension itself, I felt like has a really good balance between linear and progressive feel to it. And for those who maybe don't understand those terms, like linear would be, you know, the suspension, feels the same from like small bumps all the way up to like big hits where progressive is, it's going to be like a little bit more supple and light, like on small bumps. And then it's really going to ramp up. Like if you do, you know, drop off a ledge or something, they like to say that their suspension is, is pretty linear, which gives bikes kind of like a racy feel to them. Um, A lot of people prefer that, but I would say this was like in between and I'm more, I'm more a fan of progressive suspension myself. And so, yeah, but this was this was a good balance. And then I also found the bike was really maneuverable despite the really long wheelbase. You know, again, they're pushing the envelope on the geometry and this is a long bike. It's a 29er, um, but it still, still worked really well in the corners and like through tight sections and trees and stuff like that. I guess what I walked away from that, feeling was that this is this is really Yeti's most versatile bike in their lineup I mean and and that makes sense right it's a trail bike and so it's it's in the middle you know it's going to try to do everything pretty well it's going to try to climb well but also descend well and and for me you know they they hit the nail on the head and that's that's probably the bike I would choose if I were buying a Yeti
2: so to ping off of that after spending some time on the Yeti SB100 because the value of Yeti I think is what gets debated the most when people are like, well, is it worth that kind of money? So like, do you think after spending a few days on it, you could see yourself buying a Yeti?
1: <laughs> mm, good question. I mean, yeah, if I could afford a Yeti, I guess, right? Like, I I mean, yeah, is it worth the premium over another bike that has similar specs? That's a good question. I mean, I would yeah, I guess I would have to do more of a like back to back test because it's hard like every bike every bike is really awesome when it's like tuned up right and everything is like fresh on it and that, that's a good question i don't know I, I and the premium that they offer to or the, that they command i should say you know it has a lot to do with the materials and some of the tech i mean if you look at switch infinity like it's not like anything else out there and and frankly it, it looks very complex it's got a lot of parts to it and So it kind of makes sense why they have to charge more for it. But at the same time, you know, yeah, are you really getting that added benefit out of it? And I don't know. So Jerome, speaking of trail bikes and moving sort of up the spectrum of aggressiveness, you got to visit Orbea in Spain, right? A few months ago, weeks ago, and you tested out the new Ocam, which is a trail bike. Tell us a little bit about that new bike.
0: Yeah, it was another another bike with the new XT Grupo on it. We went and rode in the Pyrenees around Ainsa. And it was I mean the bike really I was super impressed. I was I was testing the Orbea's Rayon at the time, which is like a very similar bike. It has a little bit more linear rear suspension. And I think it had had maybe one one centimeter more travel in the rear and one centimeter more travel in the front at the time they've since uh, updated the rayon but um yeah the ocam is a 150 millimeter front 140 millimeter rear bike uh you can also order it with 140 millimeter shock in the front if you prefer and um just a super fun bike it really felt like a baby rayon like a like a little enduro bike um lighter, uh, but just as capable as pretty much any enduro bike I've ridden. Um, It has a 66 degree head tube angle, so it's reasonably slack for a trail bike. Um, 440 millimeter chainstays, so it's a little more stable than some trail bikes for sure. I think the Rayon might have 430, I can't remember exactly. Um, and this, so this bike was an upgrade from the original Ocam, um, uh, which was a 120 millimeter rear, 130 millimeter front trail bike that was 29 or 27, 5 plus and had a bunch, it had like a flip chip. And, um, this, this bike is just, it's one bike. It's a 29er with one geometry and that's it. And, uh, it was, it was amazing to ride. I mean, the, the bike climbed better than I would have expected by a long shot. Like it was it was really cool to yeah. to experience a bike with that much descending capability that could really climb. Like without even locking it out, it was great.
1: Well, I mean, you like to ride pretty aggressively, so could you see yourself, you know, if you had to choose between the Ocam or the Rayon, like which one would you ride the most personally?
0: Oof, that's tough. Uh <laughs> I think if I was gonna buy one, just because we uh, only because we have some pretty like big gnarly trails here, I'd go with the Rayon. Yeah, it's tough. Maybe if I could have both, <laughs> the one <laughs> 140, 140 version of the OCAM is probably a pretty sweet setup. That one you can get with the uh, Fox thirty four, so it's going to be a little lighter. Um, but the bike I rode had the one hundred fifty mm one hundred and fifty thirty six on it, and it it just felt great. I mean yeah it was a really nice bike. It was pretty progressive I wouldn't i think they said it could fit a coil i wouldn't it's one of the few bikes I wouldn't put a coil on it just didn't like it didn't need it. It felt perfect the way it was and I would keep that bike light. It's kind of the the point of it is to be like a nice light fast trail bike
1: yeah it sounds like a cool one and and a really interesting update. Glad you were able to get on that early and and check it out
2: yeah it was it was a lot of fun kind of cool that um it's just, yeah, it's the one wheel size, one geometry option. Like it's kind of like refreshing to get that simplicity out of it. You're not like, okay, well, did I go with the 27.5 plus or 29 or which geometry mode am I going to put it in? And For sure. Yeah. I kind of like the
0: engineers at the bike company to do that work and just let me ride the bike. I don't really want to make those decisions.
1: Yeah. I have the same thought that, that there's got to be an optimal configuration and yeah, I don't want to have to figure out what that is want somebody else to do the math <laughs> yeah exactly so matt one other bike that you got to ride recently is the viathon m1 and this is a this is a pretty racy bike it's a hardtail carbon bike and it's notably the one from this new brand that walmart is starting so people are dying to know i'm sure what, what this bike is all about so what did you what you learn from your test ride on the Viathon?
2: Yeah. It's, um, I mean, people definitely want to know about it. I think everybody does. Cause it was, I mean, last year, a few different mountain bike brands started up like Esker, I guess Revel was this year. And Viathon was this year also right around Sea Otter. Uh, cause that's when you looked at it. And so, yeah, people are kind of curious, like, Hey, like, what does this mean? What is Viathon? What are they about? Um, and so, when I went out to Outer Outerbike, uh, we had a group ride set up with Viathon and I was definitely interested in finding out a little bit more about what it meant. And so, yeah, like initially I'm just like, you know, we're at the booth and kind of glazing over the bike and trying to figure it out with my eyes at least and, you know, making sure it's still got all the checks in the boxes. And it does, like it's, you know, it's got a dropper post, has internal routing. Um, Schramm Eagle drivetrains, like it's super light. I think like 23 pounds or something was the one I rode. So it's just
1: 23
2: pounds with a dropper post. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid light. That's impressive. Yeah. And so like I hadn't ridden a hardtail in years, like a long time. So it's kind of excited just to get out and, you know, pedal around a hardtail a little bit. And so we went over to. I think it was the Adams Golds trails, uh, mostly kind of like buff, flowy uh, trails right outside of the outer bike venue in um, Sun Valley. And so I had forgot pretty much all the geometry measurements on it since I read the releases back in April. So it was just sort of going into it with an open mind. And you know, initially like climbing up, like it it feels great, like a pedal's like a hardtail. you're very centered, you're very forward because it's a 70 millimeter stem. So it puts a lot of the weight on the front end. And, you know, it's definitely the geometry that you would want for long, sustained, uh, even really steep climbs, because your tire is just going to stick to the ground. You've got that efficiency. Like it's like you're getting that road bike efficiency in a mountain bike. And so, you know, great climber, super responsive. It's got that slow speed handling to where you can, steer out of like objects ways really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then we started descending and yeah, it's like, it's still got that very XC oriented geometry. And so it was really hard for me to get comfortable on it. And I hate to use the word twitchy. Uh, Cause I think that's like a very negative description and like bike handling, or it's usually associated with being pretty negative. So I don't know, I guess I would just call it a little too responsive.
1: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I was actually thinking the same word, responsive versus twitchy. Because, yeah, it's your body that's providing the input. So if you're twitchy, the bike's going to twitch.
2: Exactly. And like most of the new school progressive geometry bikes that we're riding these days, you're going into corners. At least me, like I'm throwing um, my outside foot down and kind of steering the bike through corners with my hips. And with this one, it's like it's still so forward centered that you're steering with your hands a lot rather than your hips. Like it doesn't feel like it really translates the movement to your hips. Like it's, you know, and so, and so we stopped and I was like, you know, what is, what is the head angle on this? And it's 69 and degrees. So it's like, I mean, it's steep. It's steep for these days. Like there's, it's not like, uh eh, it's kind of steep. Like it's a steep head angle for a bike these days, you know, unless it's a world Cup cross country hardtail. And then you're kind of seeing bikes that are still, around that 69 and a half degree head angle. But even those are starting to taper off. Like even World Cup full suspension XC bikes now are like 67 and a half, 68. And it just makes descending that much more comfortable. So I guess I kind of think like I'm most confused about Viathon's message and who they're trying to appeal to. And like you spotted the same thing when you took a look at it at Sea Jeff, because it's, you know, the brand is trying to appeal to a wider base and make carbon hardtails affordable for everyone. And they do do that, like they do a reasonably good job with like, you get a SRAM GX Eagle spec carbon hardtail for three grand. And so that might appeal to a lot of people, but I don't think the geometry is best suited for a wide rider base. Like to me, it's still like, I think if you're a Nike racer and you're somebody who's young and wants like a fast XC bike that, you can hop into and be competitive with the specialized S works, uh, Epic and, uh, Scott scales and things like that, then yeah, it's, it's probably a great bike for that, but for a wider rider base, it just did not feel, uh, as comfortable as it should.
1: Yeah. How, how did it feel like going through bumpy stuff? I don't know. I don't know what the trail was like where you were, but did you feel a lot of feedback from the rear end on it?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely still a lot of feedback and the tires are pretty solid I and mean, I think they're 2.4 continentals and then you get some quite a bit of noise from the internal routing which is like really bouncy with inside the frame and the chain stay because you get a lot of chain slap and the guard on there just doesn't really do any noise damping so a good bit of noise and yeah I mean you still kind of get that hard tell like you're feeling a lot of feedback from the rear end but you know, since it's not steel or not aluminum, you're not getting those damping characteristics out of it either.
1: So yeah, I mean, it seems like too, that this is an interesting bike, I guess we'll put it that way uh, for Viathon to launch with, at least on the mountain bike side. It should be said they have a road bike and is it also a gravel bike or like a cyclocross bike?
2: Yeah, the G1 for gravel, R1 for road. M1 for Mountain.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, who knows what the M2 is going to be? Maybe it'll be something a little more trail-oriented or, yeah, who knows? So it's an interesting start, um, and we'll definitely keep watching it and see what else they come up with. You know, we're always testing new bikes, getting new bikes in for review, and so the let's talk a little bit about the ones that we're working on right now. Jero, you've got another Yeti, the SB150, Uh, that you're checking out right now tell us about that bike
0: yeah i actually just picked that up while i was at the world cup in leger and uh it's uh it's a weapon for sure (laughs) it's got 150 millimeters of rear travel and 170 at the fork and i would say that this bike the overall setup of it the way it feels the build is like it's a race machine like and there's, there's no question about it. I mean, you can, I'm sure that you can set it up to be a great bike to ride on your local trails, but its intention is pretty clear. The medium that I have has a 460.2 millimeter reach. So pretty average, I would say a fairly slack 64 and a half degree head tube angle, 77 degree seat tube angle, um, to kind of make up for that a little. And 433 millimeter chainstays, which feels noticeably short, like you can get the bike in the air when you need to. I was, I rode it, I've only ridden it a couple of times, and I was riding at the park in Leger uh, before the race one day, and I hit this jump and didn't realize it was a double, and I wasn't going fast enough. (laughs) I just had to like bunny hop off the top of it once I saw the gap in between, because I, you know, it was just kind of like emergency situation. And I think, I think those short chain stays helped out a little bit. Like I was able to loft just enough to get to the other side. But yeah, it's a really fun, really playful bike. I also rode it, uh, the other day in La Tuile on the way home, which are like really, really steep trails. Um, there's a few downhill races there every year. The super enduro races have been there. And then the, the Italian, enduro national championships are there in a couple weeks and so they're like they're they're definitely the kind of trails the bike was built for and it felt fantastic like it was really cool i would say to compare it to the rayon it's for sure a more progressive suspension design both bikes pedaled really well but this one feels longer and more like designed to race even even more so i mean they both do but this one even more so
1: yeah. So cool. Yeah. Are you going to, you got other big rides planned for this bike while you're testing it?
0: For sure. Yeah. There there's kind of almost every weekend I have something planned to head to the Alps. So yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a lot of good chances to test it. And then I've got the bike until at least trophy of nations, uh, in September. So will be riding it a lot on local home trails that are plenty Rocky and fun.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So Matt, another bike uh, that you're, I mean, I would guess you're pretty much done testing by this point, but that's the Fasari Signal Peak. And this is a bike that you got specifically to use for the BC bike race, which you just finished up a few days ago. So tell us what you learned about this bike after riding it for like a week straight.
2: Yeah, kind of planned it out to ride specifically for BCBR. And logged like 30 miles or 30 hours on it in one week so
1: <laughs> whoa, time for a fork rebuild almost
2: yeah right exactly. and so I, I kind of had my eyes set on it because it was like it's a 120 front and rear and like I wanted something that would sort of play to my strengths and weaknesses for BC bike race and like I feel like I can maneuver short travel bikes well enough uh, through kind of gnarly stuff and so I wanted something a little bit on the shorter end. That so I wasn't suffering as much as on the climbs, mm-hmm. and so it stuck out. And yeah, I have to say, like, it ended up being a great bike for it. It's you know a firm suspension platform. It's just a horse link, so it's nothing like too crazy or fancy. And then there's like a little bit of a split pivot thing going on uh, towards the rear axle. But yeah, it felt it felt like the bike for it. Um, you know, it's slacker geometry, of course. So going down some of the steeper, gnarly stuff worked out great worked out solid for long sustained climbs and it is a longer bike too but still very maneuverable i ended up throwing just a bunch of other review parts on it as well just to kind of knock out a bunch of a bunch of review time in one week
1: yeah was there anything though that like you would change you know regardless of whether you're reviewing the parts or not but like Mm -hmm. would you say the build was bc bike race ready Sort of in its stock configuration, or were there like a few things that maybe you would change for the race?
2: Yeah, in its stock configuration. Uh, so I ended up trimming the handlebars almost immediately from like seven eighty to seven sixty, just because I don't I don't really feel like I need anything wider than seven sixty on anything these days. Uh, the tires, so they were two point four inch forecasters, Max's forecasters front and back, and I like those, but they felt a little bit thin to go for the whole week. And I think they were just the eggs casing. And so I don't know for riding for like a whole week. I just didn't want to take any chances. So I ended up putting the XC Kush core in and a Kenda regolith in front that we've got in for review and a Pirelli Scorpion R in the rear. The mix match. Nice. <laughs> I probably would have done something knobbier up front if I could do it again. The Really, R was was pretty great, like quick it's kinda of like a semi slick design. So that one held up great. I think I would yeah, put something a little bit knobbier up front. Other than that, I think like yeah, just other than the tires, I think it was pretty solid to throw it right into the race. And it had brand new Shimano XTR 12-speed on it, too. Oh, cool. And that thing, it, like, it never skipped a beat the entire week with, like... And we got rain and just mud and loam, like, all over, caked inside the drivetrain cassette. And uh, I never had a problem with it at all. Awesome. What dropper post did I come with? Oh, it's uh, the Gucci Fox Kashima transfer. So, like, honestly, like... I was super skeptical about it because I was like, "Okay, now it's cashmere." Like, I seriously doubt it makes a difference, but it is way smoother.
1: Yeah, sweet. And yeah, Fazari is a direct-to-consumer brand, and so yeah, I mean, you're typically going to expect to get a little bit more for your money. Are the build options pretty affordable?
2: They do. Yeah, it's like when you look at the one I've got in for review; like, it's hard to tell because it's still going to be like a probably seven grand bike that's like full carbon. Carbon wheels, Fox Kashima, Shimano XTR, but you can still get a carbon frame, signal peak, uh, entry level build for like three grand. And it's just gonna be heavier. It's gonna have, you know, lesser grade parts on it and everything, but still like a pretty good entry level price for full suspension carbon bike.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess 7,000 sounds like a lot, but with all that, you'd probably be looking at closer to nine with other brands. So yeah, it does seem like a pretty good value.
2: Yeah, it's definitely there. It's not like screaming at you or anything like that, but I do think you save a little bit of money compared to other brands. And so far, like it's been a a super premium quality bike.
1: Yeah. Cool. What, I mean, what would you say would be a good use for outside of BC bike race? I mean, is this a pretty good trail bike? Would it work well on like your local trails or what do, you, what do you see as like the, the good spot for that bike?
2: yeah I definitely think like a great local trail bike like for myself I don't find that I need much more than 120 on most of my trails and it's something you can climb and have fun on and it's it's definitely capable enough for most stuff that you ride like it's not something I would want to take to the bike park a lot or anything like that but mm-hmm. if you're looking at this category anyway then it's it's probably not your ballpark. But yeah, it's definitely, it's plenty capable. And I think like that one trail bike that can kind of cover most everything for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Cool. So one of the bikes that I mentioned on our last recap on bikes we're reviewing was the Diamondback Sinker. I think I mentioned that I was going to be getting it in. Well, since our last show, I've received the bike and been riding it a little bit uh this so this is a it's a carbon hardtail from diamondback and again diamondback is another one of these brands that's known for providing a little bit more value maybe than some of the bigger brands out there um and so yeah this is their carbon hardtail it's the top of the line as far as their sinker line goes at like just under three thousand dollars so it's not a cheap bike by any means i mean three thousand dollars for a a hardtail is, that's a lot for a lot of people, but they're definitely cheaper versions of this bike. And so despite it being carbon and, you know, again, not being, not being cheap by any means for a hardtail, the bike ended up feeling a little bit heavier than I would have thought. I weighed it when it came in without pedals and it was over 30 pounds, which was pretty surprising, kind of a bummer, honestly. I I mean, I guess I'm a weight weenie. I guess I got to got to get that out front. I do like light bikes and this one is not super light. But the good news is it seems like most of the weight is in the wheels and the tires and the tubes. The bike shipped with tubes in the, the the wheels. So that'll be one of the first things that I'm going to do is rip those out and go tubeless. But it is a 27.5 plus bike, which was a little surprising to me. I guess I assumed it would be a 29er and it looks like you could fit 29er wheels on it. So I'm definitely going to give that a try at some point. Um, But the bike ships with Maxxis Minions, 2.8 inch wide. And I mean, these are great tires. If you haven't ridden the Minions, they're great. Um, And I mean, they make any bike feel really good. Yeah. Got to give credit where credit's due. The wide tires and the heavy tires, like, Again, at first, I wasn't too stoked about it because I was like, man, these, these are a drag to pedal and, and they still do feel like a drag to pedal it definitely is noticeable when you're you know on flat terrain and stuff but it really does make a big difference in how the bike feels. This bike feels really good. like it almost feels like it's got a little suspension in the back. It seems like um, a bike that I could ride for a long time and not really get too beat up. Uh, which is definitely a concern with a hardtail. I haven't had a chance to really take it on any big rides like in the mountains or like all-day rides yet, but that's definitely something I plan to do just to see how it, it works out. But for the rides that I've done locally, it's it's been really great. It's been a fun bike to ride. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites this year so far. As far as the build goes, I mentioned the tires and the wheels. I swapped out the grips right away because the grips were like really weird and uncomfortable they're like some diamond back like bmx style kind of grips which seems odd like they i guess they look cool but not for me <laughs> and then yeah the wheels at, at some point i've got some nice wheels in for review some carbon wheels so i may throw those on there just to see how much of a difference it makes in terms of the weight and sort of the, the ride feel and then the saddle too. I'm not a big fan of the saddle. It's got like, it, it almost looks like one of those fabric saddles. I don't know if you guys have tested those where it's like, it's got like this slick kind of plastic wrapper on it. Like the, the, yeah, the cover on the top. And I've just been sliding around on it a lot in the summer, you know, like, like you get sweaty and it's just like, yeah, it's a mess. So, I'm gonna definitely change out the saddle, but yeah, overall, it's it seems like a really dialed bike and a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And yeah, I'm still loving hardtails. Like I I assumed, as as I get older, that like uh, I'll have to give up hardtails, and you know, it's just not going to be comfortable anymore for me. But yeah, I'm really loving this one and stoked to try out more of them.
0: Jeff, do you have a sense of why companies like Diamondback go with 27.5 plus setup? like is the advantage or what? I don't know. I just, I'm always curious about that. Like, I don't,
1: I don't know. Like I said, I was shocked. I didn't want to admit this, but since you asked the question, I, I didn't even look very closely when I was like, yeah, I want to review the sinker. I assumed it was a 29 or um, just, yeah, I didn't look into it real closely. Yeah. And when I opened it up, I was like, kind of bummed <laughs> it was a 27 five plus. Cause I was, cause I was like, well, I don't, I don't know that that's my thing. I've, I've ridden them for a while. You know, I converted one of my own bikes to 27 five plus and had fun with it for a while, but then went back to 29 er and said, yeah, you know, I think I like 29 or better, but my guess would be one that 27 five plus was a hot thing for a while and and. To be honest, you know, brands like Diamondback are not super fast to respond to these trends. And so could be that they're just a little behind on that. And then I also think for hardtails, it makes a little more sense than it does for full suspension. So, you know, maybe there was some thought, more thought put into it other than this is a hot thing, but also that, well, it's a hardtail. And if we put, you know, 27.5 plus tires on it, it's going to ride a little more comfortably to be clear, it's not suspension. A lot of people, you know, conflate the two and say, well, you know, I'll just put fatter tires on my bike and make up for the lack of suspension. You know, there's tires don't have the same characteristics, yeah. right? It's more bouncy. You can't and, tune the
0: rebound. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. There, there's no rebound basically. I mean, unless you put inserts in and, and even then it's hard to say that that, that does much, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why they did, but like I said, I'm, I'm okay with it now. (laughs) Like I have ridden it and it's like, okay, it's pretty cool. You know, my only complaint is just, it's a lot more work to pedal it. And I don't know, maybe the the people who are buying this bike are not pedaling as much as I do or, or not concerned with that as much. So yeah, it could be a good choice for a lot of people. So let's talk about some of the bikes that we plan to test or hope to test in the next few months.
0: Giro, what's one of the ones that you got your eye on? Um, I recently got a good contact here in Europe for specialized and I'm interested in checking out the Enduro 29. you know, kind of kind of fits my trend I guess. but uh, it's got a little shorter reach. It's 440 millimeters. With still the same 430 millimeter chain stays as most enduro bikes, 65 and a half degree head tube angle, so pretty much in the ballpark. I would like to try a bike with a little shorter reach again and kind of remember what that's like and see. Just kind of get a feel for the difference. I also haven't ridden a bike with with four bar suspension in a while, so might be cool to check that out. Yeah, we'll see which one which one they want to send and go from there. Um, they have some bikes with coil shocks and also a few with, um, with air. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see which one they decide will work best for where I'm at, but it seems like a pretty cool bike. Yeah. I like that. There's
1: definitely something to be said for, um, you know, trying the new thing, but then going back to the old thing and seeing how it works, you know, as far as the reach goes, because you know, you go from shorter reach, to longer reach and you're like, okay, I can see the benefits. But then it's like, you kind of got to circle back and see, see what did you really gain and, you know, where are you at? And then the other thing is the Enduro. I mean, that's, it's such an iconic bike. I mean, it was named, this' named the Enduro, you know, they must, they must be pretty confident in the product that they're going to, they're going to give it that name. That's definitely a bike I've wanted to
0: check out for a while now.
2: Yeah, it was enduro before enduro. Yeah, right.
0: In terms of like checking out the shorter reach, whenever I get bike in to test, I always make Megan ride it once down the hill, and uh, so then I hop on her extra small orange, and that is an interesting experience. It's like I feel like I'm riding a squishy BMX bike down the hill. (laughs) Like it's it's pretty awesome. So it, it is good to get a sense of all the different different ways bikes can work.
1: Yeah, very cool. Matt, what do you got on your radar?
2: Yeah, some more trail bikes. But I want to up the travel a little bit and have a little bit more more fun. But, yeah, I just want to get on some rougher trails. So I was looking at the GT Sensor Cannondale Habit, like 130 mil, 29ers. So uh, just solid trail bikes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, hopefully some longer travel enduro bikes and stuff too. I've got a couple that are piquing my interest when we go to Whistler. Because, yeah, it's not really something you want to take a short travel trail bike to.
1: Yeah. Well, I do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Jeff wants to suffer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get it in the air a lot less. I'll just be riding the brakes all the way down. <laughs> well, well, yeah. You guys think I'm joking, but we'll see. We'll see what I end up riding at Whistler. Because, yeah, we got our Crankworks trip coming up. Should be fun. My first time going there, so I'm excited to check out the trails and... And yeah, I mean, I know enough that, you know, I've, I've ridden plenty of bike parks and taken downhill bikes and enduro bikes down and stuff. And, you know, if I'm honest, I'm much more comfortable on a trail bike on a lot of those trails. So yeah, we'll see. You
2: have to give it a try. Just grab a DH bike and see Man, how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've tried it
1: and yeah, I'm just not as comfortable. I mean, I probably just need more time on it to, to get used to it. Maybe bring the sinker just in case. Yeah, I probably need a little more than that (laughs) at Whistler. (laughs) I will definitely go full suspension. Don't worry about that. (laughs) So, yeah, for me, one of the bikes that our listeners and our readers keep telling me that I have to check out and I have to review is the Comensal Meta Hardtail All Mountain. Like I said, a lot of listeners have suggested this bike, you know, given my interest in hardtails and everybody think a lot of it is people who own this bike and they really like it and they want to just hear our take on it so yeah i'm hoping i can get this one it's a really affordable bike you know it's not it's not an expensive bike by any means it looks like the top end build is under two thousand dollars and they've definitely got much more affordable versions so yeah i'd love to ride this one it's got a more travel and a slacker head tube angle than a lot of the like trail hardtails I've been trying out. And so this will be a good contrast to see like how this bike differs from sort of slightly less aggressive hardtails.
2: Yeah. It looks, uh, it looks aggressive to say the least.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It looks like a really cool bike. And again, a lot of people are stoked about it or they have questions about it too, because it is so different and it's like, wow, that's a good price. Like I could I could pick one of those up. I just want to know what it's all about. So yeah, it could be a good one. And then, yeah, I mentioned this uh, sort of project bike that I'm working on, the orange P7 29er hardtail frame. I still don't have much progress to, re- to report. I've got a headset for it, but that's about it. One of the holdups is the Cane Creek Fork. I'm trying to get the new Helm 130 millimeter fork for that. And turns out that's been a really popular fork for them. They've sold out of it pretty quickly. And so the hope is to get in by the end of the summer. And then also, probably my plan is to get like the new XT group on it, the whole drivetrain and brakes and all that stuff. So once. I think all that stuff's going to come together really quickly once I have everything, but yeah, still waiting on some choice parts because I want to do it right. I want it to, to be a cool bike and to look good and, and to have a lot of like interesting new stuff on it. So
0: Yeah, that one looks super sweet. I think that's going to be fun. Do-it-all bike.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the wheels, I should mention. Maybe I mentioned this last time, but yeah, I've got some nice carbon wheels from Reynolds, um, 29er wheels put on it, so... Yeah, should be pretty dialed. All right, that's a quick recap of the bikes that we have recently tested, the bikes we're currently testing, and the ones that we're hoping to test soon. As always, we'd love to get your feedback to hear about the bikes that you're into and that you'd like to see us test. And of course, you can read about all of these bikes, see photos, uh, get more information on single tracks. Uh, just go on the site and search for the bike you're interested in. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.